How about just Survivor? Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. This is the captain of the Shireen bandwagon speaking. I'd like to inform you that we have safely weathered that Category 5 storm, and you no longer need to deploy your oxygen masks. Instead, you may consume your celebratory bottles of whiskey. Andy, we will talk about many things tonight, but none are as important to me as this. Shireen has made the merge. Tell me how you feel at this moment. Uh, it's a bit of a mixed emotions. Uh, one, I'm never going to be upset that, you know, somebody who seems pretty cool uh is saved as a and somebody who seems pretty awful is eliminated like that's a that's a positive but yeah i'll be lying if i didn't say that there's a part of me that's uh ready to move away from the shireen mania incorrect there is one answer andy the answer is you feel elated ecstatic overjoyed those are the only acceptable responses to that well i just couldn't think of the right word i guess <laughs> although you did mention the other like icing on the cake bonus of this episode, which is that Joaquin went home. Yes, we saw a burgeoning bromance cut down in its infancy, but uh, I don't want our listeners to worry. Uh, you'll still get your weekly dose of bromance right here on the Purple Rock Podcast. <laughs> exactly. The only bromance that matters. We did have not liked Joaquin at any point. Obviously, your hatred has only grown, whereas for myself, I was like, eh, whatever. But... Once again, we got an episode where douchebags that are full of themselves uh, manufactured an exit that wasn't already there. Uh, we got this last season in the um, probably the best episode of last season uh, when douchebag went home. And I think the question that I was wondering is like, which which episode was better, this week's or last year's, last season's? This was kind of like a a modified douchebag episode in that the douche threw the challenge, but the other douche got voted out. Uh, I'd say probably last season's was funnier. Uh, mm -hmm. they certainly had a lot more to work with with Drew from last season. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that there aren't funny things, uh, you know, unintentionally funny things from Rodney and Joaquin, but Drew was a little more on the nose with the ridiculousness last season. We did get a Rodney confessional saying, I can see myself winning this game. Um, but I liked, it was almost like a knowing wink from the editors to the hardcore fans, like, this is kind of a douchebag episode. You see what we're doing here? And then they switched it on us. Nice little wrinkle. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as good. No. Uh, that, last year was just so satisfying. I almost needed a cigarette afterwards. Uh, because Drew gave them so much material constantly. I mean, the guy was going off on his competitor, uh, his, the people he's voting with like two feet away from them. Whereas, well, I don't know if you can match that for one, but yeah, the big flaw is Rodney didn't go home. He's still alive, you know. <laughs> Joaquin was collateral damage, because uh, Joaquin wasn't as big a douche as Rodney, and he well, wasn't a character in this episode. Okay. That, uh, in this episode, um, I'll give you. No, I mean, actually, I'll even say in this season, and before you, you get too worried about it, he is a he is not a good person. I, mean, I I don't know. I don't know him as a person. Whatever. But like in the in the preseason, we were like, oh god, this guy's the worst. And then we saw Rodney's videos. Like, what? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> and then I think throughout the season, he actually for me, he hasn't been that bad. It's just kind of like whatever. But then I listened to his exit viewer interview and today, and it's like, oh yeah, he's still pretty deplorable. But um. I think it was a miscalculation by the show. You, you, you get one. You don't do two. It was like, uh, Joaquin was made redundant by Rodney. <laughs> and I kind of wonder if they, they, it was like a safety valve thing. Like, all right, well, if this first guy's not douchey enough, 
we're going to get a second one just in case. Maybe it was an attempt to recreate the uh, Christie brothers, only not as brothers. And I will say they did get uh, one thing they probably wanted, which uh, the bromance stuff was pretty funny. Just like uh, these Jersey Shore wannabes is broing out. And again, I'll say more Rodney than Joaquin. Joaquin almost seemed like, yeah, it's like, I'll let this guy think he's cool because I need his vote. But whereas Rodney was just like, you know, in love, I think. Uh, (laughs) We're like apples and oranges, bro. I know. Yeah, Red Sox, Yankees. It's like, you keep mentioning things that work in opposition, Rodney. <laughs> oh, we are mixing out here like oil and water. We're airtight. Which, yeah, it's just like, Joaquin never had a chance to be that alpha douche when there was a Rodney out there who just, <laughs> just, just soaks it all in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny. You saw it very early that once Rodney, you know, has his lightning bolt of an idea that he's going to throw the challenge. It's like, ah, I see what's happening there. Like, at that point, you just took a big, like, you know, sigh of relief, right? Oh, that was a fist pump moment. As soon as he, like, you can almost see it in his face when he's about to talk to Mike. And I'm like, yes, do it, do it, do it. And then the words come out of his mouth and it's just Tiger Woods fist pump. Yes! Nailed it. You could see where it was going from there. Yeah, there was very little doubt. I mean, there was, you know, maybe a few minutes of maybe Mike just can't throw it. Like, it, <laughs> it felt like uh, China there where, you know, eventually James <laughs> just had to eat the balut. Right. But um, everything about the episode up until that point is, okay, this is what's going to happen. And they didn't really play too coyly with that. No. Uh, which, again, I think is why it couldn't match up to what happened with Drew because this is her second episode, or at least the second week, in a row where Rodney just keeps giving so much material from which they can hoist him by. Uh-huh. But he's still there. <laughs> How many episodes of the Rodney exit arc are we going to get? The arc of Rodney's exit is long, but it bends towards justice, Andy. Don't worry. Here's hoping. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was Rodney's genius idea to throw the challenge. Um, we're not going to get into long idea and the debate over oh, you know, whether throwing challenges is good or all that. Um, we've talked about it in the past. Every season that we've done this, we've talked about it. I know, because they do it every season, or at least it's talked about. Um, quick yeah, recap for people that might be listening to us uh, for the first time this season. Uh, we're not opposed. If, yeah, if it fine. makes sense, do it, but you know, do it sparingly. Um, but in this instance, was it the right move to throw the challenge? Do you actually think that I would go against any decision that potentially saved Shireen? Pretend Shireen isn't somebody on the season because, you know, for like 95% of the episode, she wasn't. Uh, well, if she's not a person on this season, I might just be out. You know, in, in a vacuum scenario, other side opponents aren't that important. For this tribe in this moment, was this the right decision? Well, the only person it wasn't the right move for, really, was Joaquin and possibly Rodney. Um, other than that... Sure, it's fine. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of damage coming from it. Mike got his way. That worked out well. There wasn't a ton of risk to him because he wasn't the target either way. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the question of whether it was the right move leads to the next question, for whom? Yeah. Because, yeah, it really didn't work out well for Joaquin. Uh, in fact, anytime you throw a challenge, there's always somebody. It's not a good, uh, it doesn't work out well for him, but maybe <laughs> that person wasn't throwing. Um, and, yeah. Rodney, I don't think, was very happy with the outcome. <laughs> what gave you that impression? His uh, facial expressions as Joaquin oh was walking God, away? Yeah, we almost didn't talk about it. I loved, like, that That might be the highlight of the season for me. Just Rodney trying to do the mental calculations 
post vote of like what what happened there. And at first, it's just it's it's a little mixture of anger and deep confusion. But I feel like the last time they cut to him as you know Joaquin's torch is sniffed and he's walking out, and Jeff is giving his final thought. It felt like he almost just saw his heart breaking, just just a little bit. I could almost read his thoughts, and he's sitting there thinking, "Wait a minute, did I spell Joe wrong?" And it came out Joaquin, and then he's counting votes in his head. Wait, so there was four, and then three, and then wait, which way does the alligator point? Does he chomp the four? Oh, oh crap! Joaquin went home. <laughs> like it was a slow build to that moment. That realization just sweeping over him, and then devastation. See, I don't even think it was that deep a thought. It was probably like, bro? 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 <laughs> You're right. I, I, I put way too many words so, to yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of like Groot in that he only has a few thoughts, but he can think it in so many ways. Um, so, yeah, it didn't really work out for them, but I do feel like this was one of those perfect scenario situations. But, yes, I think it was the right move for Mike. And this is why you and I aren't being like, oh, throwing challenges is a morally wrong thing. It's like, no, sometimes situations are created by the game that it's like, hey, I have an opportunity here. And for Mike, it was an opportunity to, A, remove somebody who was going to be troubling to his future game, and B, save somebody who was important to his future game. Yeah, because he's got no way of knowing how safe Kelly is over there. I mean, clearly he can tell she made it through the first vote, but that doesn't mean anything. He doesn't know the dynamics over there. And we don't even, for sure. Like, right. You know, I was fairly confident that it, had they not thrown a challenge, Shireen would have gone home. But it's just, yeah, you know, it's not without the realm of possibility they would have been like, you know what, Shireen isn't a problem right now. Kelly is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, in that, it's like I want Kelly to stay. I don't care that much who goes home between Joaquin and Joe. He probably wouldn't have been if he had one more episode. It probably would have made sense to throw it to get rid of Joe too. <laughs> exactly, and I think that that might have been in the back of his mind is that you know what we can throw two in a row. I don't care. Yeah, and, and like one caution when it was happening is like, well, you don't know which side Sierra's on. Like that, you know, creates a dangerous situation where you don't know which way the vote is going. But you know, to the point you made, who cares? Yeah, Mike and Dan weren't on the chopping block, so. Eh. Anybody else really didn't matter at that point. So, right. yeah, do it. And I think it worked out. I think there's been plenty of times in the past when people should have thrown it and they didn't. If Survivor doesn't want people to throw challenges, then stop having situations where it makes sense. Exactly. People will occasionally act in their own self-interest in this game. So when it's in their interest to throw a challenge, let them do it. Yeah, I mean, it's as soon as uh, the the merge happens... People throw challenges left and right, and nobody gets upset about it. Uh, this is, you know, a day before the merge, so... Eh. So, yeah, we're okay with that. So then we have to start talking about the decision that actually went down and what they voted Joaquin. And there was a few people who made that decision. Uh, I think the key person is uh, Sierra. Sierra decided to vote with Mike and Dan, because all Dan's done is grovel. Um, <laughs> what a great quote, by the way. Oh, my God. He, I mean, he is simultaneously awful and fantastic at the same time because he can just always say the most completely unself-aware thing, and it's kind of delicious. Uh, did she go the right way? Should she have teamed up with uh, Tyler and Joaquin, or she should have held the line with Dan? Well, what's weird is that the same conversation that basically alienated Sierra 
probably caused her to come back to save Mike and Dan at this vote because Rodney and Dan were both piling on her and Mike is the one that tried to squash it. So it, it turns out she's at least happy with half of the pair of Mike and Dan, whereas she wants nothing to do with Rodney. So yeah. it was kind of like, all right, well, at least I sort of like Mike a little versus two zeros. Yeah, I think what ended up saving Mike is, uh, Mike's might not be bad at this stuff, you know? He, I mean, and like we were talking about last episode, he understood the value of not burning Sierra. He just has a terrible wingman. <laughs> um, like, uh, how bad is Dan at this stuff? Well, there was the confessional where Sierra says Joaquin is the most trustworthy person she's met so far, which, ugh, my skin crawled. But good lord, how terrible does that make Mike and Dan then? Yeah, I mean, obviously Mike is probably catching a lot of reflective heat, and plus, you know, he did vote out Lindsay. But this episode was edited in such a way that it was nearly impossible to believe that Joe was in legitimate danger. Right. Uh, Joe was one of the early stars of the season, and he was invisible in an episode in which he should have, he was theoretically on the block to go home. Yeah. So, just from that standpoint, I wasn't worried about, you know, it being Joe as opposed to Joaquin or Rodney. But then you see Dan talking to her, and it's like, well, how is it not? Like, how <laughs> does she decide? You know what, I'm, I'm going to stick with Dan after seeing that. So it never made the edit, but I actually wonder if, in some part, maybe Sierra is cool with Kelly, and Mike came to her and was like, look, me, you, Kelly. Like, I know you don't like Dan, but me, you, Kelly, final three. And she was like, eh, you know what, I can live with that. Yeah, no, that's not a bad thought. I also think another, th- I mean, you know, we're just crafting fan fiction here because. Sure. That, and I, I fully admit that. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the wild speculation part. Um, and th- I think there's a lot of sense in that. That's certainly something that could have happened. Another thing I feel like, uh, on some level probably happened is Joe himself. I think she probably likes Joe because why wouldn't you like Joe? He's a dreamy person. Joey amazing. I'm guessing those two had a conversation. And we saw, like, a bit of them hanging out and Joe saying, you know, go with your heart or whatever. So I think at some point she probably felt like, yeah, I'm I'm okay with being with Mike and Dan because it's Mike, Dan, and Joe. And eventually that might be Joe and other people. Whereas if you throw in with Tyler, Joaquin, or Rodney, it, it's going to be Rodney the whole effing time. Oh, Rodney and two wet blankets. What a dream alliance. Yes. She doesn't even know that eventually she's going to get the pleasure of hanging out with Carolyn. Oh, my so, God. Uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, probably some combination of Mike being able to win her over and Joe being able to win her over probably made that decision pretty easily for her. And I also think it was the right one. I think you don't cast your lot with Rodney. I mean, as bad as Dan is, and God, he's just awful, he's not unpredictable. Right. He's what you want. He's at least loyal and semi-rational. Yeah, if you can stomach, you know, being around him and you can put off your vengeance for a while and maybe even possibly just put it off forever because I wouldn't be afraid to sit in the final three with uh, Dan. Um, then yeah, you can probably live with Dan. He's not flipping left and right all over the place. I mean, he's dumb enough to say to your face when he's supposed to be winning you over, oh, we did it because you suck. Uh, whereas, yeah, Rodney is a fairly emotional player. Uh, probably not long ago, she thought she was, like, in an alliance with Rodney, and then he votes Lindsay out and trashes her. And he, you know, probably three days ago, when the swap happens, she thinks she's forming a new alliance with Joaquin, Tyler, and Joe, and all of a sudden, Rodney has, you know, supplanted her. She's no longer, you know, the key flipper. Rodney's there. So, I think 
you, you don't team with Rodney as well. Well, I will say, gunning for Joe was actually not a terrible strategy for Rodney. And that's the other question. I'm not even sure Mike made the right call. You know, like for Sierra, I get it. And it's possible that the cost of doing that, you know, getting Sierra to buy in with them was, you know, separating Rodney from Joaquin. Like maybe Joe was off the table for her. But kind of think that getting rid of Joe was probably in the best interest of most everybody there, not named Joe. Right. But again, I kind of think they thought they'd have one more vote to do that. Yeah, everything they were saying suggests that, like, if you watch the bonus scenes and all that, it's like, yeah, okay. Like, they were counting two votes. Okay. Yeah. I think they, they might have hedged, like, one or two, but they really thought that they were going to have another shot at Joe. Yeah. And they don't, and, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you can only vote one person out at a time. Yes. I do think there was, you know, a lot of value in separating uh, Joaquin and Rodney. Exactly. Uh, and I do think it was the better move to get rid of Joaquin instead of Rodney, because Joaquin has at least one connection with the other side, which could, you know, become a bigger connection depending on what Carolyn's doing. Uh, obviously a tight bond with Tyler. Rodney's got nobody. The only person Rodney has that isn't Mike or Dan was Joaquin. So, yeah. and as much as he might be upset, what's he going to do about it? I, I like what they, they, they said that in the episode. It's like, oh man, Rodney's going to be pissed. It's like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and then the other person that Joaquin potentially could get his hooks into was Sierra himself herself, right? So, you know, nip that in the bud. Yeah, no no Joaquin Rodney Brofest, no Joaquin Sierra Tyler, you know, thing. And then hopefully, yeah, you can get rid of Joe again later, but they couldn't. And I feel like that could be, you know, long term, maybe even more dangerous than, you know, Rodney going rogue. Because I think Joe is a very legitimate threat to win this whole thing. Yeah, but, um, I mean, there was just no way that Joaquin wasn't going to end up teamed up with Rodney, though, right? I mean, the stars oh, yeah. were just aligned for that. That as was soon destiny. as it happened. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny that they got as the the material they got. But I'm also not upset that we you know, didn't get more of it. So, Joaquin was the other person who made a choice. And um, I, I'll say, I don't think he made the right choice. Because whoever wants to give Joaquin credit for anything. <laughs> but um, shouldn't he have just stayed with Tyler, Joe, and brought in Sierra? Like, why even bother with this Rodney stuff? Uh, I mean, it depends on how tight you think Joe was with them. Oh, I mean, he probably wasn't much, but Joe at that point has nobody. Like, you know, he can't, he's a potential asset to whomever decides to make him an asset, as opposed to somebody to be afraid of. And I think what happened with Joaquin, yes, he saw that Joe's a threat, and I think actually probably the biggest thing that will keep Joe from winning this whole thing, if something does is that everybody immediately identifies him as a threat. But you're just Joaquin and Tyler. There's just two of you amongst, you know, eight. Is that how many people were there with? Um, I don't want to count it up in my head. But, <laughs> well, far more than two. You don't get to be cute and, like, decide, you know, all right, this will be the best situation for me long term. It's just survive in advance. And at that point, like, yeah, if you can keep Rodney for the next vote, sure, but... If Joaquin was actually good at reading people and such, which maybe we're just now constructing a hypothetical person that isn't Joaquin, <laughs> um, he should have realized that it was a non-starter for Sierra to be teaming up with Rodney. But yeah, I think the move probably was, and obviously this is, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, but, uh, yeah, you just make your team, your, your team of four outcasts, you know, 
Tyler's huddled masses or whatever. Ugh. You get the one person you need in Sierra to come over. You get Joe to vote for anybody that isn't himself. And you take one of the opposing larger number out. Then you can worry about the next thing. And the way you get Sierra to come over is to not dictate terms. You don't say, okay, Rodney's part of this and we're going to get rid of Joe. It's, hey, Sierra, who you want to vote out? Like, he was doing decent things when the episode started. When he was, you know, he approached Sierra, he started listening, or at least letting her talk, and, like, you know, just saying, you know, do you want to work together? And I think at that moment, Sierra's like, yeah, very much so. And then he's like, all right, well, here's how it's going to be. Me and my boy Rodney, and it was like, screech. And poor Sierra, she was probably like, yes, finally I'm going to concoct my revenge. And then it was like, ah, i got to choose between these jerks. And then she doesn't even get to vote at either one of them. Exactly. But let's move on to the most exciting part of the episode for me. Shireen is still alive, Andy. Indeed she is. And how much did you enjoy that very first scene of the episode where Carolyn says to Shireen, I can't trust you, and it's basically because I betrayed you? Ah, Carolyn. I I will have more to say about her later, but, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, I, Steven and uh, Rob have been making this point, at least since last week. Uh, Carolyn's basically cast at this point. I mean, you know, a much lesser less fun version of Cass, but just as Cass was, you know, pissed off that, you know, everybody was busy talking to Sarah this whole time, apparently Karen, Carolyn didn't like that she, Shireen wasn't, you know, seeing how she was doing enough. Although I, I kind of think that's just BS. No! Carolyn has been pissy about them forever. I, I think she would have looked for any reason to hate them. Well, maybe, but I mean, she actually said out loud, you guys treat me like nothing, and she calls Shireen out for spending time with the other people, the no-collar people, and Shireen's like, yeah, I'm trying to get numbers on our side. And she's like, well, you're you're disloyal to me. You're not paying enough attention to me. Like, what? Like, how I'm working for your side to bring us numbers. How is that disloyal in any way? That's just, oh, my God. Yeah, and it was it was totally cast. It was just like, yes. well, what about me? What about me? It's like, well, you should be a rational adult and matter here. Like we're, we're trying to win. I, yeah. It's just, it's like, it's like building a sports team and it's like, yeah, we have to woo the free agent. You're already under contract. This is to help us all win. Right. And I think even if I didn't have a massive bias in favor of Shireen, which I do full disclosure, as if you didn't know this already, I think that still would have probably enraged me. Cause come on. Like, oh no, it bothered me just the way it bothered Cass. Like, I do not have the massive, uh, yeah, thing for screen that you do. Cause, no frankly, one does. You wouldn't, you wouldn't let me. You'd be exactly. Like, hey, back off. There can only uh, be one, Andy. That's right. It's like, you know what? You can have this one. Um, also, I like to cheer for people who are good at Survivor. Um, how dare but, you? How dare I? Uh, yeah, no, that was not a good look for Carolyn. And that combined with things that, you know, Max has been saying in his, uh, exit interviews, which, you know, Asterisks, you always have to take, you know, with a grain of salt what people say after they've been voted out, is that Carolyn the whole, soured on them pretty much from the time after the first vote, uh, when she caught two votes from So and Joaquin, and Joaquin let, you know, Carolyn know that Max said to vote for Carolyn. And then Max was like, yeah, cause we were lying to them, you know. Right. They, they, they were, they were using Carolyn as the decoy. Right. And Carolyn was not happy about that. She just could not get over that. And I, I mean, I think it reads, uh, from what we saw, like, you know, Carolyn was 
very much in pro them in the first episode and then never again. And I think what this speaks to for people is I think she's gotten some credit lately. Like, oh, Carolyn, she really knows how to play the game. You know, because she found an idol and she did find herself in a majority. And I think, you know, what we saw last night with her being immediately pissy that her, you know, assumed alliance mate wasn't stroking her ego enough. And, you know, being upset about catching two worthless votes in the first one, maybe she isn't so hot at this game in the first place. Right. You do not have to convince me that the Queen of the Wet Blanket is not the eventual winner of this game. Oh, I'm skipping well, you know, ahead. I'm not always talking to you here. <laughs> There's other people listening. Uh, but, wait, wait, wait. Let's stick with Shireen, because I have a lot of thoughts. It's going to surprise you. Well, sure. I mean, and she was on camera for about a minute and a half, so we should probably dedicate the next 30 to her. Uh, only 30? I was thinking 45, but, you know, if you want to try to short me, that's fine. Shireen got the Rupert slash Kathy Vavrick slash Cochran, I was bullied, I, it's rough for me, confessional, with the, like, soaring, emotional, uplifting music in the background. And I told you there was a fist pump moment earlier. This was like a double fist pump, because... Shireen is clearly now the scrappy underdog of the season, and I'm overjoyed. Tell me any other reason they would have possibly included that if she's not now the scrappy underdog. Well, it didn't come to pass, but that could just as equally have been, let's make this person human before they leave. Uh, like, that was you know, in my head as it was happening. Sure. Um, could just be because they enjoyed those moments. Yeah, like, you talk about all those people, but none of them won, so, you know, there's that. You know, scrappy underdog Cochran, who was taken well, out fairly early in the merge, and people on the internet barely just freaking hate. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll look into that later, too. But yeah. scrappy underdog Cochran won the second time. Yeah, but I don't think he got the scrappy underdog confessions at that point. Well, it was too difficult because they were handing it to him. That's right. You're not arguing winners at it here. You're arguing, you know, better things. She is no longer... Uh, destined to be taken out immediately. And yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think just simple game mechanics would suggest that she's not in immediate danger anymore. But I would also suggest that eh, it's possible you're reading a bit too much into it. Oh, you think I haven't delusionally mapped out 30 different ways she can win now? Well, so last week when it looked like, you know, the writing was on the wall, did you map out the other team throws a challenge in the most obvious and difficult way possible, and that's what it saves her? No, and what was funny is I thought of way more elaborate things. <laughs> Outlandish stuff than that. <laughs> I thought of uh, mutinies and just all sorts of things that were beyond the realm of possibility, and instead it was... What I like what we didn't really talk about is, what if they just lose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even in the realm of possibility that they could have just won the challenge outright on their own merit. And they didn't, so we were right about yeah. that. <laughs> Nailed it. Like, they barely won a challenge that the other team was actively trying to throw. Um, it took every ounce of Mike's strength. Uh, the, I think the next step would have been for him to go over and arrange Kelly's bottles. Um, <laughs> it, and I said this on Twitter, but in Kelly's defense, she is still nursing a head wound. So. Oh, like she probably has a concussion. Yeah. Like they need, uh, uh, yeah, again, Rob mentioned this last week, and I'm not just trying to, you know, keep talking to him, but it was a great point. They need to stop doing the blindfold challenges. Yeah. Like it's, it's too dangerous. 
Right. They, they got lucky that somebody didn't have their brain completely bashed in, but she might have, and concussions aren't funny. Uh, he says he saw Big Tom get a concussion in All-Stars, and you probably just couldn't tell because Big Tom continued to talk like Big Tom. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Exactly. I don't know if the normal tests would work. But yeah, it's like, yeah, well, I, let's stop messing with, cause they only do the blindfold challenge so they can have funny things of people, you know, destroying their groins and stuff. They just want to be able to include that doink sound effect that they so rarely get to use. But yeah, look, it was a nice moment for Shireen. Uh, it's nice that the show finally gave her one after, you know, at least two episodes in a row of like, this, this is the most annoying person on earth. Well, how, but, how jarring was that complete 180 though? To go from, oh, Shireen's terrible and annoying, look at the crazy naked lady talking about sex and monkeys, and then suddenly it's like uplifting music, and Shireen had a tough life, and you guys should root for her, and she's great. Yeah, but I'll say is, I think probably plenty of people have gotten that before. We just didn't pay any attention because we didn't care about them, you know? Like, I'm sure Missy got some nice moments, or Lisa Welchel, or plenty of people probably got the Weepy Confessional. I think the show enjoys the Weepy Confessional. I suppose that's possible. I think they they laid on a few other things that weren't just the Weepy Confessional, and uh, her moment with Hallie was uh, potentially very interesting. Obviously, yeah, it was in the same scene. But that, yeah, you know, Hallie was reaching out. Now, I do think that there's a way of interpreting that speaks better of Hallie's chances than necessarily Shireen's. But I think there's something there. Uh, she is certainly in a better position today than she was yesterday. Um, yeah, if you're working under the construct that it, this all didn't happen, you know, months ago. Uh, <laughs> and... She might have some power left in this game. But I think you need two more Weepy Confessionals before you can fully construct. No, uh, no, no, no. If you get two more Weepy Confessionals, then you're the person who cries all the time, and that's a bad thing. That's true. You just want to keep it right in that that, like one, maybe two wheelhouse. Like Tyson even got the Weepy Confession. Yeah, and so did Natalie. So, you know, maybe it is a winner's edit. That's what I'm saying. I told you I mapped out all the ways that this is a winner's edit. So, uh, Shireen is still alive in the game, but more interestingly for me, uh, Jen is still awesome in the game. And can we talk about her for a bit? Oh, are we seriously abandoning the Shireen talk? I am done talking about somebody who didn't matter less than right. this. One more point. Okay. Just one. I know, because I've already gotten it from other people, that people are saying, oh yeah, well, if Shireen's going to win, who's she going to align with? And to those people, I will answer your question with a question. Tell me who Sandra's tightest ally was in Pearl Islands. Tell me who Sandra's tightest ally was in Heroes vs. Villains after Courtney got voted out. I'm not saying that Shireen is definitely winning, but it's not like you need a super tight pair to win. It's There's clearly precedent that you can get by without that, and there's a clear path to victory for her. And if you don't see it, you're blind. And not in the way that I'm blind, as in blinded by love for Shireen. Shireen is so not Sandra, dude. Oh, says you. God, I'm gonna gloat. I'm gonna gloat so fucking hard if she wins this season. It will be. Uh, Oh, and you should, but you know, I'm gonna gloat so very freaking hard if the Lakers win the championship this season. Well, (laughs) not gonna hold my breath on that one. (laughs) Come on, you gotta give me that Shireen winning is at least better odds than that. Yes, she's okay. not been mathematically eliminated from the <laughs> uh, contending in the way that the Lakers have, but I still have, uh, we'll get to it later. Alright, fine. You can talk about Jen now. I just wanted to make my Shireen points. Uh, is she getting a winner's edit? Uh, I don't know. I feel like 
from what we saw and read preseason, Jen's actually being portrayed a little nicer, if I can put it that way, on TV. Like, with the asterisks that many people hate her because she was mean to a deaf lady. Yes! In ways that we didn't see so much. But I, I think even that, she was probably meaner <laughs> than we saw. Which makes me think, why aren't they showing us Jen being mean? It might be funny. So one of the reasons they might not show that is because, you know, God forbid Survivor ever show a winner be, you know, a terrible person at some point. Even in Tyson's season when he won, they totally toned down everything I love about Tyson. Yeah, like his his meanness was like stealing coconuts. Right, exactly. It was just wacky rather than, yeah. you know, cynical and awful. So why we're being deprived of that, I don't know. I did like the uh I believe that we can win chant after the reward. That was pretty good. Yeah, the, I, that one com- that one went completely over my head. Oh, Apparently, well, you know what? Yeah. You know why it would go over your head? Because it was a World Cup Team USA chant, and you are not American. No, so like I didn't really pay attention to soccer barely at all at that time, and I certainly didn't on like you know a team that couldn't make it out of the whatever round. Right. Um. Exactly. You're you're all about the uh, bandwagon winner teams. That's why you're a Laker fan. Uh, clearly. Um. <laughs> What I liked even more than that was, you know, the instant they won, and she just let out a big, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. That's why we love Jen because yes. women don't get to be that on Survivor. They don't get to be the smart-ass, funny person. They can be maybe a little bitchy about it, and that's happened a few times. But people don't just like get to be funny and. A- abrasive and you know excitable like the way she's been the way she was before the season even started that's why we're on team jen well and yeah it's like your third favorite team yeah exactly she's the jv um and again you can't really blame her for being excited because on that hot humid nicaraguan beach they get some hot chocolate how can you restrain your joy at that moment i've heard but I wouldn't know because I'm not from a place that ever gets this way. But, you know, if you're somewhere hot, that being hot is actually a good thing because you you regulate and then get cool. As a daily iced coffee drinker who lives in Florida, let me tell you, you do not want a hot beverage in the 95-degree heat with 90% humidity. <laughs> well, it was nighttime. But yeah, I know. The hot chocolate, <laughs> it was like, yeah, beef stew, yeah, mac and cheese. And then, oh, hot chocolate, oh. Yeah, great. You we couldn't got, have, like, maybe... ice cubes for that? Yeah, you couldn't have maybe a cold beer or even iced tea? Or, like, an ice cap, like you said. Like, yes. that would have been like, oh, my God! <laughs> people, you know, would have just been blowing their minds. Um, but here's why I think some people have been talking winners at it. Uh, I'm not there either. I think, you know, these are positive indicators. And also, I think after last season, I'm just tired of talking about winners at it because there was a new one every other week. Um... The the interview she gives Pat post uh post reward she gets to talk about it she gets to talk about how wonderful it was she gets to draw the analogy of turtles surviving and her winning mm-hmm. and those are very much uh, winner type quotes yes they are and and if you're trying to build the case for Jen having a winner's edit that's a good card to play yeah it's not a sure thing it's not you know Earl on the top of the mountain with this you know swirling helicopter no. or anything like that but. Po- indicators uh, are pointing up. 
Yeah, um, hey, speaking of indicators pointing up and winners edits, um, Max has said in his, and I was late to getting to that too, sorry, his uh, post-game exit interview that the reason that he went nude was because they told him, hey, uh, can you go do that again because we're going to get the helicopter. And he was like, oh, f- yeah, winners edit. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. I alluded to that last week that, yeah, maybe, and this is, you know, being a super fan, it's like, he overthought that moment a little bit too much, and he was like, I'll do what production wants for me, because this will be awesome, without thinking that, eh, maybe my tribe won't like it so much. Because, you know what, it's not like the producers know you're winning the game at that point. No, that's true, it was a little early, but anytime the producers tell you, hey, we're gonna get the helicopter, you just say, yes, yes, f*** yeah, I'm, I'm in, let's do it. I'm sure there would have been other people who would be like, no, 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 I don't want to get naked for the helicopter. <laughs> and three of them were on his tribe. Oh. Um, and speaking of whom, let's get to the next segment of our uh, podcast, and that would be the 0% Club. Oh, so, do, you, uh, do you have an addition this week, Andy? I, I haven't, too. Um, so last week, honestly, I wanted to put this person in, but it just felt anticlimactic. It felt like after you know, dropping the bomb, crushing your spirit, I, I needed to just drop the mic and walk away. So um, I couldn't do it then, but I've only had more evidence. And welcome to the club, Carolyn. I beat you to it. I threw her in last week just out of, I forget if it was spite or rage. There was there was some reason I threw her in there, but I'm glad that it's vindicated this week. A lot of complicated negative emotions. Yes, <laughs> a swirl um, of them. Yeah, and I wanted to put her in then, but it's, I knew I'd have time. I didn't think she was going anywhere this week. And I was right, because I, yeah, while I couldn't foresee that, you know, a team would pathetically and terribly throw a challenge in order to prevent the inevitable demise of Shireen from happening right away, I knew that Carolyn was never going to win, and this is why. No winner is going to be this joyless <laughs> as Carolyn has been portrayed every step of the way. And now, for you, you, know, you see anything that's been, you know, she's done, it's just like, ah, hate her, hate her. I've been a little more objective, and it still doesn't matter. Like, they don't let her say anything positive ever. It's all negative with Carolyn. Um, now, I'm guessing she gives a lot of negative stuff. But they'd find something. You know, if she was the winner, at this point, we would have seen her smile. We would have seen her enjoy a moment. Uh, and in fact, in the bonus scenes that I now uh, decided to watch every week and write about, which you can read about on our blog... She did say that it was such, you know, a great experience going to see those turtles and, you know, life changing or whatever. Like exactly what survivor people, uh, gods wanted you to say following a reward like that. But they didn't give that interview to Carolyn. They gave it to Jen. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I put her in the 0% club. She could still go far. I think she's in a worse spot now than she was uh, a little while ago having lost Joaquin. But this isn't a judgment of her place in the game currently. It's a judgment of her chances to win, and she's just just too mean-spirited. <laughs> they have done nothing to make us like her. No, and even in her confessional, when she's like, oh, you know, we went on the reward, we had a nice time, and everybody was having fun, even Shireen was kind of tolerable. Like, F you, why did you have to throw that in there? You could have just cut off at the sentence right before that, and you would have been fine, you would have seemed like a nice person. Yeah, and again, like, maybe she's just, all she does is complain, but they they could have cut it off there, right? Like, they they would find a way, I'm not yeah. saying they would completely obscure it and make her just look, you know, perfect, but 
at this point in the season, there would have been some good feelings generated by Carolyn if she was winning. There has been zero. Even if you somehow like Carolyn, it's because you've liked the things she's done in the game. The way she found an idol, the way she uh, got so voted out, the way she isolated Max. like The way she wet that blanket. Yeah, there's been some gameplay moments, but there's been a complete 100% lack of joy. And your winner is never going to be portrayed that way in 2015. So welcome to the club, Carolyn. Uh, you got anybody? Do you, do you Literally, do you have anybody? <laughs> I'm still glaring at you, Tyler, but... I'm, and I'm also still waiting on those Tyler fans to tell me how he's getting the winner's edit, and he's a mastermind. I imagine they're pretty quiet this week, yeah. Yeah, give it to me this week. Let me hear it. Because as bad as a move I think that was by Joaquin to just, you know, try to dictate terms to Sierra, if Tyler was good at this stuff, he probably could have made that happen too. He could have been like, hey, Tyler, yep. bro, Rodney isn't worth it. Let's just uh, get Sierra, get Joe, move on. But no, he was the same way. He's like, oh, Joe's scary, and, you know... I'm letting Joaquin do stuff. My, I'm doing my Tyler thing of, you know, sitting back and not doing anything and letting internet fans assign qualities to me. Yes. Being a bland, blank slate that the internet will decide is some kind of winner. So not quite for Tyler yet. Uh, anybody else? Uh, no, actually, no additions this week. I, I desperately want to throw Tyler in, but just just because he didn't appear on this episode is not necessarily an indicator that he's not going to win. And so last week, you know, I did induct um, somebody that I think you're a little fond of, and that'd be Shereen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you thought that, yeah, you were indicating on social media and all that, that, you know, this would be the episode where you would get me, to hear me recant and all of that. And I just want to say that uh, just in case you snuck out, I want to put Shereen back in the zero. <laughs> oh, are you pulling the Alec trick on me? How dare you? I am, because I thought you'd like Oh, and that reminds me. I'm going to go ahead and throw Alec into the... <laughs> yes. Oh, I almost, oh, my God. That was a close one. Um, yeah. No, look, I think she had a good episode. I, I do think that she is no longer in immediate danger. But, again, the 0% Club isn't about immediate danger. It isn't about predicting who goes next, which is good, because I've been freaking awful at it this season. It's that... <laughs> Uh, and as you say, other people have been like, well, who's she going to align with? I'm not even worried about that. My question is, name five people who will vote for her in a jury situation, and I, I can't do it. So I, I still feel all right about that. I probably could. Um, are they playing in this season, or are they like you, <laughs> Max? Yeah, well, yes, also me and Max, yes, but... You're you're calling the race too soon. There's people whose opinions are going to change. That's what the 0% Club is about! I know, I'm just saying, you're calling the final tribal too soon because we don't know opinions can change towards her and and some people haven't even informed an opinion of her plus this can be either a good thing or a bad thing i think she's pretty much appeared in every single episode so that's either a really bad thing in that she could be the first one gone after the merge or her arc is long and she's going very very deep in this game and i i lean towards it being the the ladder, knock on all the wood, because I, I think that just it bodes well. I'm not going to ask you uh, where exactly that wood is, but I'm just going to say <laughs> that somebody else who had a really long arc that was probably featured in every single episode of their season uh, was Philip. So we'll leave it there. <laughs> well, in that instance, though, there. Tell me what else they had to work with, though. Uh, who knows? They were too busy working with wacky Philip and his antics, <laughs> and for uh, people scoring at home. Philip also had a moment where he talked about, you know, his hardships growing up and the, the different 
feelings that he had directed at him by being a minority in Jeff Probst's very important discussion about race. <laughs> Don't even remind me about anything about Redemption Island. Uh, so that's who we think will never win, but somebody else is never going to win, and that's the person going home next week, and we got to figure that out. So we got to merge. Yeah, this is going to be tough because... Before we even get to the prediction, let's look at the way the pieces are aligned right now yeah. because I haven't even it's made my easy. prediction. I know there's so many ways this can break. Yeah. So I think the easiest is there is an obvious tight group of four. Will, Hallie, Jen, and Joe are solid. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you on that and say it's a solid group of three plus Will. See, and have you been reading my columns? Like, <laughs> I don't know if you have been, and that's okay. <laughs> Who wants to watch bonus videos? Will loves these people. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. about five bonus videos where he just talks about how much he likes them. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, Will doesn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> My argument was more the opposite. That, hey, maybe it's not a mutual feeling. Uh, what, if you're those three, why, why would you turn on Will? He is a number, and he is no threat to keep you from winning immunity. Okay. I just, when I was making my groups... I only went for things where it's a mutual, everybody's in on this type thing, which is why the, for Blue Collar, I only put Mike, Kelly, and Dan together, even yeah. though Mike and Kelly are probably the tighter pair of that. I, I'm just not going to lump Sierra or Rodney in with them just because no. that's more of a thing of convenience. I feel like those three yeah. are the core, and one of those two would be the plus one. We Yeah, we don't know where they are. Yeah, right. no, uh, exactly. It's those three for sure. I, I'll tell you, it's those four in red for sure. Will, Will is in, he has thrown their in with them and I think they're happy to have them. Um, and then I'd say Tyler and Carolyn are, you know, a lock solid two. Well. Uh, and what that means for them, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like they should be, but I think when you're, when you're at a group of two right at the merge, it becomes one of those things like, I got to do what's best for me. You know, like if, if it's not going to work out to stay as a solid two, I'm breaking off and doing what's best for me. So I'm still going to, I agree with you. I'm going to call them a solid two. Well, and like a two could be really powerful in a normal scenarios. That could be really good. The two person swing. That's basically what handed a portion of the game to, you know, the adults like uh, John and Jacqueline last season. But uh, as you are alluding to, there's so many other potential flyers that, it, you know, their tunis might not matter. Their tunis might make them a target. Because, yeah, we don't know what's going to go on with Rodney. We don't know what's going on with Sierra. And then there's Shireen just waiting for somebody to be nice to her. Well, Shireen's not the only free agent. I mean, I put Will in this group. I'm fine if you want to call him a solid no-caller. That's fine. But we'd still, regardless, would have Shireen, Sierra, and Rodney as free agents. Mm-hmm. That's almost as much as any other group that we've got here except for the no-caller. Yeah, well, especially if you put in Tyler and Carolyn as, like, a joint free agent, right? Right. Like exactly. the Drogic brothers. Uh, <laughs> Good NBA reference, Andy. Yes. Uh, uh, I think a few things we could probably say is that you know, those five aren't going to form their own alliance because that would mean Sierra joining up with Rodney. And also Shireen joining up with Tyler and Carolyn. And Carolyn. Which I think Tyler would be okay with, and Carolyn would be like, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know if Shireen would be okay like, with I that. I don't think Tyler would like her, but like him, but she's like, hey, uh, desperate times, desperate measures. I'm never going to say no to anything. I'm just going to sit back here and nod until people tell, call me a genius. 
But yeah, I think Carolyn would be like, no, we finally got rid of her, and I couldn't wait to vote her out. I could see Carolyn still pushing to vote her out, even at the merge. <laughs> uh, where do you think these swing votes are going to fall, though? We'll say mm-hmm. that, you know, Tyler and Carolyn are two. Which side are they ending up on, with the no-collar or the blue-collar? I mean, yeah, simple answer, I don't know, but I think this is where I, I put it together. It's like, so yeah, I have the four no-collars, no solid. Uh, and I think that's appealing for some people in the way that the blue collars are kind of chaotic. Uh, I think Shireen just stays with them because, you know, it's not Tyler or Carolyn. And I do think that Sierra would be interested in teaming up with them. I think that her and Joe probably form some level of relationship, who knows what level. And also, like, if you're Sierra, wouldn't you rather hang out with people that are like you and of your age than, you know, freaking Dan and Mike? So you're thinking Joe, Jen, Hallie, Haley, whatever, Will, Shireen, and Sierra. Yes. Okay, so that's your six. That's I think that's the controlling six, and then it could be a situation where Carolyn and Tyler just be like, oh, yeah, us too. And they'd be like, sure, whatever, you two. And that leads to where I think the vote will be going, and I think it, uh, they do what Joaquin failed to do and say, Sierra, who would you like to vote out? And it's bye-bye, Rodney. But that's still, that's six on six. Because we have Rodney then theoretically going with the blue collar three. And Tyler and Carolyn going with the blue collar three. So now you got six on six. Yeah, so sorry, uh, the part I, I kind of lightly said. I don't see Tyler and Carolyn being like, yeah, we're going to rocks. We're not teaming up. Especially because Carolyn has a relationship with more people than Tyler does. Uh, Tyler... Does he have a relationship with anybody left in the game at this point? Oh, if you ask the uh, internet, Tyler has relationships with everybody. He is running this game. Yeah. He has a relationship with Carolyn, whereas at least Carolyn has had conversations. She probably had a very nice three days without having to strategize or vote out. So, yeah, I think it's actually eight to four. I don't think it's like eight to the end, but I think, you know, the first way it breaks is those eight. Hmm. I, I think if it breaks that way, the very next vote, that eight crumbles because. Well, I mean, it might maybe they get one, through one more and remove like a threat like Mike, but yeah, it doesn't stay for very long. No, and I I, I kind of feel like that's the kind of post merge we're heading to, and that's hopefully the kind of post merge we're heading to because yeah. it's far more interesting. It certainly uh, is. For one, we need to, something needs to happen to justify the praise that this season's been getting because nothing has so far. Um, and also. That's what happens with the three-tribe format, right? It should lead to a more lively post-merge scenario. Right. But if anything can unite a bunch of people is, let's get this Rodney guy out of here. Yes. So that's that's where I was kind of leaning before we sorted all the potential alliances out. And he just seems like first boot. And I feel like, like you said, we've been building up the edit, the Rodney's going home edit for a while. It's going to come to fruition soon. Yeah, like, the other alternative is that they somehow miscalculated to levels, like, man, people are going to be so invested in Rodney's survival that we can just string him along for several episodes, and they'd be like, no, no, Rodney! Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, people are going to be heartbroken. But they haven't, because they made him look like adult. They made him look like an idiot. So I don't think that's what they've been up to. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I lean towards Rodney being the most likely target. Yeah. And I do want to clarify, I think that's just what happens the first vote. I'm not laying out a path that, like, this is the final eight, and then this person and this person. No. I think there's plenty of times for break-offs and reconfigurations, and maybe even Shireen taking control of the game. Damn right. Uh, and if that, if it does break eight to four, 
it's not staying that way. Those eight will not stay together. I don't think Shireen's going to stick with Tyler and Carolyn in any sort of permanent alliance. So, yeah, not lasting. All right. Um, so that's uh, it for this episode uh, in terms of this episode of Survivor. Uh, we want to remind everybody that uh, over on our blog, we still have the Ultimate Survivor bracket going. This is the second round where we're trying to determine who will make it into the Sweet 16. Uh, a lot of matchups are pretty much decided now, but you should still head on over and vote because there are a few close ones left. Uh, we got uh, Tina versus Jerry within percentage points, uh, Brian versus Lex, and Todd versus JT. Anything surprising about this for you? I actually called if there was going to be an upset in the old school bracket, which I wrote up this time. If there was an upset, it was going to be Tina and Jerry. And it, it is shockingly close right now. I think uh, people either are undervaluing Tina or overvaluing Jerry. I went for Tina, but I can see the case for Jerry, so I'm, I'm fine with that. I also didn't expect Lex and Heidek to be quite as close. I figured Heidek was probably fine. I don't know if people are just voting against him because he's a reprehensible human being and <laughs> reprehensible survivor winner, but... Lex, I don't know if it's a groundswell of support for Lex or if it's anti-Heidek, but it's a lot closer than I thought it would be. It's probably a mix. And actually, I think what's interesting, because uh, Heidek is in the lead, and I think he probably will move on. We'll see what our listeners, you know, the influx that will come after this uh, will do. Um, but what's interesting for Heidek is, uh, and I didn't plan this when I was setting up the brackets, but there's yet to really be a matchup where you could satisfyingly vote for the other person because they're more likable. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, he faced Sue in the first round and then Lex. Now, you know, if you want to say Lex is more likable than Brian Heidek, yeah, sure. But he's not lovable. You right. Know? So it's like, I don't, I, that's almost been like removed from the equation and then you just go to the, you know, who was better and, you know, clearly Brian Heidek was better. Yeah. Uh, we should point out, by the way, these, uh, Brackets can be found at purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com if you haven't voted. Uh, you can only vote once, supposedly, at least once per device. I think you can only vote one one per day unless yeah you know, you've done stuff to your computer. Right. But really, just vote once. Yeah. 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 Don't be a jerk. There, nothing is nothing is really on the line here, folks. It's not worth <laughs> resetting and erasing your cache and you know going at it. Yeah. Uh, are you surprised that Todd's beating JT? No, I could see that one going either way. Also, I think there's a lot more sympathy for Todd, and there's a, a lot of uh, people who maybe weren't fans of JT's move in Heroes vs. Villains, which we have defended on multiple occasions. It it wasn't as bad as it sounded. Yeah. And we should clarify, defended like with, like, yeah, it's not as bad. It was still plenty bad. Um, but And there's also the fact that I think that and probably prevailing opinion at the time is maybe JT wasn't the mastermind that he ended up getting credit for. <laughs> maybe he successfully outsourced strategy to his partner and then won. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please, uh, if you haven't yet, uh, visit there. Polls will be closed on Sunday, and then the Sweet 16 will begin on Tuesday. Yeah, the next round should be really, really good. We're going to have yeah, a lot of good matchups. next round is going to be tough. Uh, I'll, I will say this round in the new school bracket was at almost like three out of the four were pretty tough for me. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it was good that we did it by era, because then it couldn't just be like, I saw these people most recently each right. time. Because it would have been so easy to vote for any of the people, those eight that are in that matchup in other you know, matchups. Right. All right. And as we mentioned, those brackets can be found at purplerockpodcast.wordpress.com. 
If you want to email us to complain or compliment about those brackets, you can do so at purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, I highly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at purplerockpod. Uh, if you're sending tweets to that person, it's generally going to be me. If you're looking for Andy, you can find him where, Andy? Uh, Andy underscore Sayers, because where I live, we don't care about protecting our identities. Uh, but yeah, uh, next week, uh, we got the merge, so it should be good stuff. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Shereen's the best, Carolyn sucks. Theme music! That's what it's like when a woman wants a baby.